really need to update the photos in that video montage <laughs> i think we're like a year behind i was just thinking about that hey matt what's going on buddy not much man um we're back we're back from vacations traveling across the world in your case traveling across the world um me taking a social media break it's been a lot but we got a lot to talk about because the kickers are starting off their 31st season in about six days, and I am hella excited for it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of you know, flown on by a little bit. Uh, not a, that's not a bad thing because sometimes off seasons can just seem like they they drag yeah. you know, for forever. But it feels like this one went by relatively quickly. It, it did kind of have that feel to it. I think, like before in years past, like there's been those seasons where I'm, those off seasons where it's like. The team was just constantly like updating with players for players for players. And kind of this year, it didn't seem like that. Like it was kind of like Richmond got their business done early. And then it was kind of just like we just wait around for preseason games, y'all. Like <laughs> kind of just had that feel to it. I don't know. Yeah, and I think part of it too is that kind of new he's not sexy, but it's effective. And I'm sure we'll talk plenty about that. Uh oh yeah. The rest of the day. Yeah, continuity is is a big theme in this team this year, man. I mean, definitely, we'll definitely get into that. But um, first and foremost, listeners, uh, this is season five of our podcast. So uh, with that being said, we would love it if you donate to the podcast. You can do so in the link down below. Also, go check out uh, Matt's articles. Uh, he's slowly but surely finishing up uh, this top 30 list. Um, Emphasis on slowly. Yeah, slowly. Um, every, you recently just had one come out not too long ago. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, uh, you know, highlighted uh, Peter Luzak. He was you know, central defender in the you know, about 2000 to 2005. Just absolute brick wall back there. Played for U of R back when they had a men's team. You know, still came right over you know, to the kickers. Uh, you know, just top guy. Uh, you know, back up in the Philly area where he's from you know, these days. Uh, you know, still playing on you know adult league teams. You know, saw him play against a uh, friend of the podcast, Ronnie Pascal, and a, you know, back when uh, that Richmond area team was you know over forty run uh, through you know, some amateur tournament. They ended up playing a team from Pennsylvania that had Luzak out there. That was fun to be able to see them go up against each other but and you know, great defender that's why he was uh, i think number six list oh uh, yeah and no, it was a great article i was reading it and i mean these articles are great because for someone like me that came a little bit later in the club i get to learn about some of these guys and how pertinent they were and it's cool to see so definitely head on over to river city 93 where you can check out those articles and more but matt let's go ahead let's talk about some league news um, some stuff that's going on in the league that is also going to affect the kickers. Um, so first and foremost, we got the league schedule. Um, so I want to ask you this, man. We we talked about it on the Walking 90 podcast, but the most challenging part of each team's schedule. Um, I want to ask you, looking at the schedule, what do you think is the where do you think the most challenging part of the league schedule comes from for the kickers? Yeah, I th- think the schedule is surprisingly balanced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, I mean, it's always balanced, uh, but in terms of you know, home and away, there's not any like you know, long, you know, death march away trips you know, this year. Uh, some of them were you know kind of bundled together in terms of you, know, you can be able to you know, potentially hit like I think it was like Omaha and Madison, both within like five or six days of one another, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can make an argument that. The tough part of the schedule is right at the very front. You know, first yeah. two games both away. You know, Charlotte's always a little tricky. I mean, we took care of them, you know, plenty last year, but then Greenville always, you know, uh, you know, tough as well. They're at a new stadium this year. Uh, so you don't necessarily know what's gonna you know come up right there 
at the start. Uh, and then you start to figure that there's going to be, you know, open cup games getting mixed in, you know, early season as well. Yeah. I, I think, you know, there's, it's not an easy, uh, you know, kind of, you get your feet wet start to the year. Like maybe we had last year with Tucson. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I put down September 9th to the 30th. That just seems like a tricky part for us because you play Omaha at home, then Madison at home, uh, Greenville on the road, and Tormenta on the road. It's kind of like those four teams that's kind of around us in the state of the table. Yeah. And it's kind of, it could be the case of so where, that yeah. yeah. Um, it could also be that part of the year where it's like we could be third place and it's the difference between us becoming a top two seed or us – Becoming like fifth and sixth, so that's where I put like the toughest part of the schedule. And I imagine a lot of those teams are going to be in contention for a top three seed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the big takeaway is you know, maybe with like one or two exceptions, there aren't any real like dogs in this league. Like obvious. All right, don't really have to worry about you know them this year. Might be you know some that come about to be that way over the course of the season, but mm-hmm. it's not something where you can just be like, all right. That's the easy spot. That's that don't stress on this one. <laughs> is there any game that sticks out in your mind? Like this is like a big game you guys circled on your calendar. Like yo, I, you know, I tangibly want to be there. I want to watch this game. I mean, all of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for the you know, you know opening day. You know, on the first. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we had some, the team had such good momentum in home games at the in the last year. You know, the crowd's consistently you know uh, you know tipping over five thousand uh, for what I think like probably like three or four of the last you know home games, and I mean, that that made it fun to go to City Stadium. Like you know, even more so than normal. Yes, the team was good, and that certainly doesn't hurt you know the cause at all. But yeah, get just getting back out there and hopefully to be able to see that. Uh, the front office has been able to build upon you know that momentum from the end of last year and you know, keep you know, filling up that bowl and that's what I'm looking forward to the most right now. Well, the rest, everything else will come as it comes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel you. Like everything else, I mean, I, I'm always excited for the Handy Darbies. I, I am excited to see um, when we play One Knox, um, just to see how we how Darren plans around Jalen. Um, you know, how he plans to attack him. I'm interested for, to see that matchup. Um, moving on, we got U.S. Open Cup opponents. As you know, the U.S. Open Cup is coming back. And also, you got some news. So, for the, those fans who cannot make it to the game in person, you can watch the Richmond Kickers play on BR, the app, and YouTube, I believe it is. Or is it one or the other? I think so. I, mean, I think they're the same stream. They'll just be in two places. Okay, so yeah, so you can watch the game either way from that way, but we are waiting to see who our opponent would be because it's Cleveland SC versus Lions Bridge FC, and I believe Lions Bridge got to fly out to Cleveland, right? Which I imagine they're not going to have super fun with. Or bus, which also yeah. would be fun. <sighs> Woo! That's, that's a trip, man. Um, but yeah, you got that game. Matt, for you, man, who I know who you want, but who do you think? We will see on April the sixth. Oh, I have no idea who's on either one of these teams at this point. So they're <laughs> just names right now. Uh, I have no idea who would be better, who would be worse. Uh, obviously, there's you know, the intrigue of the you know, team from right down the road in Newport News and Lions Bridge. So yeah, sure, why not that one? Yeah, I mean, I want I want Lions Bridge just more so because I think the atmosphere of the stadium would be. Ten times better than what it would be if we played Cleveland SC. No, no offense to yeah. Cleveland, but I think it would be ten times better. And I, yeah. I, I mean, realistically, I want whoever you know looks like you know the worst team to fluke out a win in the first game, and then we get them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not looking for challenge, unnecessary challenges. No, I don't want a repeat of the NC Fusion game. We almost went to penalty kicks with them. I don't want that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, so once again, that game is April 6th. Uh, I think tickets are available on the SeatGeek app. Um, which, by the way, uh, Matt, I know you haven't had a chance to experience yet, but um, when I went to the GMU game, the, the experience of getting the tickets was a lot better. Like, t- 
10 times better than it was with Seek, uh, with, with Seek Geek than it was in previous past. So literally all I had to do was buy the ticket on Seek Geek, pull it up, and it was there. It was like before where you had to get a link to get another link to get the tickets and then screenshot it, and it wasn't all that mess. So it's a lot more easier to do. Uh, that's good. You know, easier is better. You know, you make it easier for somebody to do something, they're more likely to do it. If you make it hard for somebody to do something, especially if they're you know, on the edge of if, do they want to or not, they're probably not going to. Yeah. So, yeah, so that should be fun. Um, we will go ahead. We move on. Uh, I feel like we're going quickly this, but this is what happens when you plan out a podcast episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got the roster updates. Um, we're not going to go super in-depth like we have in years past because we kind of already did that a little bit. Um, and it really wasn't that many new players. Um, so these are the new players that are coming in into the team. Uh, Jake McKeacham, he's a fullback from University of Denver. Beckett Howe, he's a homegrown product. He's a center back from Richmond United. Um, Michael Hornsby, he is a fullback from Central Valley Fuego that we signed. Justin Sukow, he's a center mid from the pink team. Uh, Jao Gamario, center mid from NC Fusion, U23 uh, team that we played last year in the U.S. Open Cup game. Gabe Cox, a center mid from Columbus Crew, U17. Um, and Kelton Belmer, uh, left wing, another kind of – did we call him a homegrown product since he played at VCU? That might be a little bit of a stretch, but whatever. Okay. All right. From, um, well, from Virginia. Yeah. Um, he's a left back uh, that played at Colorado Switchbacks last year. Um, so, Matt, just let's talk about some of these new players. Anybody on this list right now that kind of sticks out to you as uh, he's someone I'm really excited that we got? Yeah, I mean, you know, Carlton Belmar has been a guy that uh, way back from when he was at VCU, I was – you know, always kind of hoping would land with the kickers. You know, I remember seeing some preseason games in VCU against the kickers, and you know, he was torching Hugh Roberts, you know, early in Hugh's career during some of those games. Like, at least young version of him had some wheels. You know, I haven't been able to see you know the preseason games in person, so I don't know if uh, he's lost a step or two over the years yet. But you know, he was just you know a terror out on uh, the left side, and you know, he tore it up. You know, uh, some previous you know, USL championship spots. I think he was rookie of the year with Portland Timbers, too, back when they were in the league. You know, played with uh, Swope Parker Sporting KC, too, one of those for a while. He's been at uh, Sacramento. He's been at Colorado Springs. So he's bounced around a little bit, but you know, he's he fits the profile pretty well of what Darren seems to like and Weers, especially uh, guys who are left sided. I could see him uh, being potentially a Bologna's replacement. Yeah, I got to see him in preseason, and he definitely is the belongings replacement. I don't think he's lost any speed because uh, it was a few times in that preseason game against GMU that he just pulled away from defenders um, and, and got on a break there. Um, me personally, I'm excited to see Jao Gamario. Um, when last year when we did the team preview with NCFC Fusion, he was one of the players that they talked about, and I've kind of low-key been following him. Um when I came across their YouTube video, he was a star in it, and he was just talking about like how he got into soccer and uh, how the life of a like a League Two player and everything. So when I saw Richmond sign him, I was like, "Oh yeah, like he's really good." Now, I will say this: I do not know if he starts automatically, just because I I'm leaning to more. He's more of the nail replacement. Um, I've also heard talks that he's kind of like there to replace Ethan. So it's interesting, but he's a player that I'm interested in and seeing there. Um, yeah, he was with uh, the team oh. training last year too, right? So yeah. he could be uh, – he has very Bentley-esque uh, vibes you know, for a guy who was you know, in League 2 the previous year, but you know, around the team training during that time. I think uh, you know, signed you know, and announced really early on. Yeah, if he gives us uh, anything close to what you know, Bentley gave us last year, I think that's another you know great find. Yeah. Also, I think um, what was it? I, I didn't realize this. Jao was in the team photo last year. <laughs> so yeah. if we would have looked at that team photo, we would automatically know, like, huh? Well, we know who signed off for the team next year. Yeah, yeah right. I didn't bother. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I think. Hornsby, somebody that you know, could be interesting to be able to see. Uh, again, he was a guy who was signed pretty early. Uh, 
obviously we need a, a, you know new left back you know, this year with uh, Stu moving on. Uh, you know, so I think you know looking forward to what he can be able to bring there, uh, but also you know looking forward to see if it's going to be him or if it's going to be you know, maybe you know, you know Jake, uh, you know the other guy because he played both outside and back positions. You, know, you look at his you know, tape on YouTube. Some of his highlights are on the right side of the field. Some are on the left side of the field, and uh, you know, that can only be a potentially a good thing. I don't know which side of the field he's slated for, uh, but he's maybe a little bit Simon esque uh, in that way. Yeah, yeah. So we interested to see yeah. see how that works out there, man. Um, with those new players coming in, but like we started off the show saying, continue continuality is a great thing in this team, and Darren has definitely done that um so we'll go through the list but i, I got a question to ask you when we go to the list so <clears throat> this is the list of returning players to the team uh Kara first gerald william palmquest uh eli mumford uh nathan Ondi on a two-year deal dakota bar nathan on the two-year deal chris cole two-year deal simon fitch two-year deal uh overto uh Zerbrini? Zerbrini? i never knew how to say his last name but he resides he was a youth product uh, Christian O'Dwyer, he resigns. Nathan Vignoles, two-year deal. Zaka Moran, two-year deal. Emiliano Terzaghi, two-year deal. Matthew Bentley, Owen Gordon, or as I like to call him, O. Gordon. Uh, Luke Pavone and David Olson. Um, Matt, th- last year we, we kind of talked about how Darren and Mika kind of settled on re-signing a lot of guys, having that rebuilt structure kind of uh, having having a good plane of which to build on. This year was kind of like the same thing, but you see it like the number of two-year deals that the club is now resigning now with the CBA in place. Um, what does that mean for the overall structure of this team? I, mean, I think it allows Darren, Mika, you know, Connor, the whole coaching staff to be able to really focus a lot more on long-term planning rather than you know just going for that. What you know what's going on right now. Yeah, they can be able to you know, start making some you know, projections and you know, filling in other holes, you know, with the band aids as they might need. But you, know, you look at what a lot of you know, the you know, returning players are that it's right up the spine. Yeah, we lost a few guys. Like we knew, we all knew Blondius wasn't coming back. We we knew it wasn't coming back. Like as as much as deep down we might wanted to hope, we knew they weren't going to be here this year. They, yeah. uh, you know, they they, they finished. League One, yeah. By now, so yeah, they're moving on to another challenge, uh, which is great. Hope, hope they specifically do well. Uh, yeah, and then, but the rest of the guys, you know, you, when you have a solid base, you know, build off of, you know, the guys start to know each other already. They don't have to learn what everybody else wants to do, where they're you know, likely to look, what you know, which foot they like to receive it on, how they like, you know, to be able to. Uh, you know, you play, do they like, you know, you defeat, do they like it in the space, you know, any of those sort of things, you know, you're already able to speed ahead a little bit in preseason and not have to, you know, start from scratch, you know, like you know, we've done a few times in the past. So I think that can only be useful. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, having guys back like Dathan, Ani, Dakota, guys that had, I mean, low-key, they were the starters at center back. I, I mean, when Jalen was in the team, um, Zaka, I'm not gonna lie, man. When Zaka got announced, there was a part of me that was afraid that like he wasn't going to come back. And I think for the I think for the longest, I think the only six we had was Chandler. And I and I mean seeing him resign for a two-year deal, part of me thinks like oh Zaka was holding out to make sure he got a good deal. Like he he had to be. Which wouldn't surprise me. Like pay that man because he's been the quiet, like probably the most untalked about player in this squad for a lot large parts. Yeah, I mean he plays an unclamorous position, right? You know, nobody gets too hyped up about tackles. <laughs> yeah, for the yeah. most part. It's not a, it's not a uh, like a stats category. Yeah. Um yeah. But uh but I think the other thing it shows is that you know the team is really you know building off of that community element. Yeah, you know, because seen you know that you know like it sort of looks like you know emmy and his you know, family are looking to be able to put some staff 
you know, here, it looks like some of the other guys, you know, certainly Akira and you know, his family are putting down roots in the area. You know, guys are wanting to and looking to be able to stay here, you know, not just, uh, you know, be here for the seven months of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that is true. It's, it's good to see, like, I mean, guys are also getting long-term deals and they're not having to, I mean, it's kind of been the longest thing that, you know, I've learned about little soccer is guys, you know, put down roots for 10 months and they're having to uproot themselves and move on out. And guys are now playing for the next two years instead of the one year. You know, it's something that we don't think about. But, I mean, that gives you a different level of comfortability. Like, you know where you're at for the next two years. You know is the difference between, you're, I mean, getting a rent for an apartment, you know, um, like you're not renting an apartment for 10 months. You're renting out for, you know, the next two years. Or if you want to buy a house, you can start doing that now, you know. So, I mean, that's good to see for these guys. They got two-year deals, and it's guys in the team that have proven that they deserve those deals, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you know, Darren's giving out charity deals by any means. You know, the guys who are, you know, announced on longer-term contracts, you know, they've shown value and they've earned them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we got a couple of questions, but I want to ask you this one before we move ahead. Nathan Ani, he kind of steps in for Jalen as a starting center back. How do you think Nathan do, does this year as that starting center back? Yeah, I mean, I think he has plenty of potential, right? Like he, without having the stats from last year in front of me, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, he got you know, close to – what probably 15, 16 starts last year because you know, he was very much a regular until he you know got that red card and yeah you know, I think they might have got him Darren's uh, you know doghouse a little bit at that point uh, and that's also when you know, the Jalen Dakota combo just kind of you know took form and the whole team you know, kind of took off so you sort of get you know why that happened but you know he was a go-to guy you know for the whole probably you know first half to you know two thirds of the season. Uh so there's no reason to think he won't be able to you know step in. Uh you know fill that you know essentially you know Jalen Chrysler, Kyle Ventner, uh you know type big man role in the defense and you know uh Dakota can take the you know Yvonne small guy role for lack of a better way of putting it because neither one of them are tiny guys necessarily but they're more the you know the ball player uh you type of center back. Uh but yeah I think you know Ani has every you know, reason to believe that he would be able to take the next step up because if you look at each of his first two years in Richmond, he's progressed. Yeah. Why wouldn't you think he's yeah. going to continue to progress? Yeah. That's, I mean, you're absolutely right about that. He has progressed and he's I mean, definitely shown, you know, <laughs> he, he has a capacity for getting a, a red card or two. Well, hopefully not too, but. Uh, very much. He's shown he's a very physical player, which I love about him. Um, let's go ahead. Let's talk about the preseason schedule. So, uh, kickers had a couple of preseason games. Uh, we know they played against Loudoun United. The game they had against DC United got canceled because DC United doesn't remember they have games. Um, a couple of college teams in there did well against those. Uh, I know yesterday they had a game down in Matthews against Crown Legacy. That ended 1-1 against Crown Legacy. Uh, Nathan Ani had a header in the 56th minute, and uh, Crown Legacy scored a PK in the the 85th minute. Um, I'm I'm not going to ask you your thoughts so much on preseason because, once again, we didn't really watch any of these games. It's not like the teams tweet out or you can watch the live stream of these games. So I'm going to ask you this question instead. Um, How prepared – Roster wise, do you think the kickers are from starting off on a good footing? I mean, I, I think you have to give Darren the benefit of the doubt that he's going to have the team prepared based off of the last couple of years, right? There's no reason to think that uh, they're not doing everything with intentionality, that they don't have a vision for how they want to play. And again, like he's having to teach everything to a ton of new guys. There's what, seven new guys? You know, on the roster, that's a relatively small number. Uh, so I, th- I think there's every reason to think they'll be able to be prepared. It w- would have been great to be able to know more about anything going on in preseason and you know the, 
I don't know, it doesn't really hold weight for me, the whole, you know, oh, well, it's closed door, blah, 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 because plenty of other teams were, you know, putting out, uh, if not actual streams, you know, little clips, you know, updates, anything like that. And, you know, the kickers couldn't be bothered to do anything on that level, which is really, really disappointing, you know, in 2023 of all years. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I mean, once again, I, I don't doubt Darren. Um, I think the start of the season is, is a little tough, but, I mean, if nothing else, I think you got to trust Darren. I think the squad – I think the, I think that bringing back a lot of the starters and whatnot from last year helps out a lot as well because you're not – like, you're not teaching new stuff. You're kind of just building upon which has already been taught in years past. So, I think that's a good way. But – um. What's your biggest question going into the season? Like, what's your what's your big question? I, I guess you know it has to be you know how do we fill in that Ethan Bryant role because yeah. he he was such a machine in the midfield by the end of the year. Uh, you know that, that there's not a, an obvious replacement for him. Like, yeah, we lost you know the outside backs, but it's not hard to figure out who took him those spots. Yeah. You know, yeah, we lost Bologna, but yeah, we have Gordon, we have Bentley, we have Belmar. Yeah, you know, it's it's not hard to figure out, you know, who's gonna be there. Maybe not we don't know exactly who it's gonna be, but we have an idea of who. And you know, with relative confidence that they'll be able to do well there. Yeah, you know, but that you know kind of you know box to box midfielder, I think that's the biggest question mark, you know, on this team right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think that's my biggest concern, and also like more so midfield depth. Like I think there is kind of a noticeable drop off in the backups to the starters in the team in the midfield. Like if an injury happens, God forbid, to Neil or Zaka, like is Chandler is Jow ready to step up into that role? You know, um, watching the preseason game against Madison, um, James Madison, um, Justin Sukow was looking to be in that Ethan Bryan role, you know, I don't know necessarily know who's the backup to him because from my understanding, there's only five real midfielders on the team. So that's one of the concerns I, I, I just, I see right now that I have a question about. Yeah. Maybe somebody's getting their position changed. Maybe, you know, somebody's stepping up into the midfield. Uh, you know, we don't know about it yet, but, uh, yeah, I think that's just the big concern because we've got a million wingers. Yeah, we got yeah good depth on the back line. I think uh, uh, we got one just, winger who can't even play yet that we'll see in the mid in uh, the middle of the season come back. Yeah, so yeah, we're good there, but yeah, it's just a matter of who's going to you know connect the back to the front, other than yeah. just Saka. Um, I want to ask you this though. If say we get to the middle of the season and the midfield isn't as gelling as how Darren wants it to, do you see Darren making a midseason acquisition to get a proven midfielder in, or do you think he tries to fix it over the course of the of the year? Yeah, I, I think Darren has shown that he's going to go, you know, get what he needs if he needs to. You think back two years ago, Ethan Bryant shows up midseason, you know, and goes right in. You know, to the team, you know, last year, you know, uh, Gordon pops up like seven games into the season, and then EBD, you know, comes in a little bit, you know, later on, uh, which, you know, both of those, you know, signings really helped to, you know, propel the attack, you know, even more forward at that point. So I won't, I won't be surprised, you know, if when we, you know, do see a, you know, midseason addition, uh, just based on precedent, you know, seems like Darren always has a little bit saved away for a rainy day in case that needs to happen. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Well, yes, does. this is the next question we got coming up. Um, which new player are you looking most forward to see? I think you might already answer this with Colton Belmer. Am I correct in saying that? Like, that's who you're most excited to see? Uh, I mean, probably. Yeah, I feel like every other year I end up you know, saying an outside back, uh, and I guess by <laughs> default, you know, that's most of the options. You know, yeah, this year are defenders, uh, but yeah, I think Belmar has you know the most capacity to be able to 
maybe do something special for this team. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't be too shocked to see what he has out there. Um, I mean, for me personally, I, I think I kind of already mentioned it. Uh, Jow, I'm interested to see how he does and develops in this team. He's a little bit older. Uh, he's 25 already, but in terms of development, I think he might still have some steps to go. But, I mean, if he gets it clicking and going, I mean, who's to say he's not in that midfield partnership with Neil and pushing his team and, and helping out with some assists? So, um, yeah, I mean, that would be great if he's able to you know, step right into that you know, spot and uh, make a contribution you know, right away. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody's going to be upset about that. No, nah, I don't think so either. Um, another thing is, like, well, if we look at the whole roster, which player from last year's roster that's coming back now, you, you think is proposed to have a breakout season? Ooh, breakout season. Okay. Uh, I feel like it always has to be Bentley, right? Yeah, yeah, because a lot, a lot of guys are established already. So, I, like, you say Emmy's going to have a breakout season. You can't say Akira is going to have a breakout season because that's I don't think literally possible. No, <laughs> I think his uh, breakout seasons are pretty much done at this point. Right, and you know, some of the other guys you know, that I think are more likely to be you know, reserves. I don't really you know, see it. So I, I, yeah, you know, Bentley you know, really pops out as you know maybe the guy who can make that uh, you know Bolaños uh, you know year one to year two or year two to year three type leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for me, I'll go Matt Bentley. I think he's poised to have a a real breakout season because um, I think what last year he had six goals and three assists. I think I'm something like saying. that. I, yeah, something like that. I, I think he's supposed to have another standout season like that. Um, <laughs> I know you were kind of getting on me because I said I wanted to see um, a, a starting lineup of Bentley, Gordon, and Belmar. And if I do see that, I trust me, believe it will be the blackest moment I will have in City Stadium. Like, I, I will boast her about this. But I am interested to see if, say, there's a stretch where, because we know it's going to happen to Emmy. He's going to get a period late in the season where he gets a little rest or yellow card accumulation, almost like Zaka. Um, I'm interested to see if Bentley can get that start that that starting striker role and if he can lead on to it. You know, I'm interested to see how he kind of does it. Around. I know we've seen him a lot in the right wing. Um, I still think Bentley is a striker in his heart, but uh, I think he's poised to have a good season this year. Yeah, we're on the same page. I, I I just couldn't help but take the opportunity of you highlighting, you know, looking forward to seeing a lineup without Emiliano Terzaghi, you know, in there and getting excited about it. It's well, like, I mean, this is I also like you know what you're going for, but like, no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is me saying is like after Terzaghi, you know, gets his little break around August, September, uh, like a little week break. We're like, all right, we'll sit you now. Um, I've, you know what? Another player I think will have another poise season is Simon Fitch. I think he's going to have a really good year because, I, I mean, near the end of the year last year, he was almost getting into the starting 11 the same amount of time as, as Payne was. And I think, well, yeah, Simon started the Chattanooga game in the playoffs, right? If memory serves me, right? Yeah, he started left back. Yeah. Yeah, because Stu came – I think Stu came on in half. But, yeah, he, I mean, I, I think Simon is really poised to have a real good year as well. I don't know if he gets into, like, the first or second 11, but I think he'll have a good year. Yeah, I think the question for him is just where is he playing? Is he going to be another you know, you know, utility guy on the back line? Is he going to get you know, kind of a consistent home in one of the spots? Because yeah, I I can see him with his frame you know, becoming a good uh, you know, third option after uh, you know, Dakota and Ani. Yeah, he can be. And then when I saw him in preseason, he seemed to add a little bit, a little bit more to his frame. He didn't look so uh, bird chested. So and that's good to see. Um, so this is another question that uh, we came up with. Uh, 
it's interesting to see that the kickers have signed four academy players, and those four academy players are Beckett Howe, uh, Gabe Cox, um, also Eli Mumford, and Octavio, uh, who was with the team. Those two was with the team last year. Um, what's what do you think is a good over under for the amount of minutes those four academy players will get this year? I'm gonna go with two hundred. You th- okay? Two hundred. I-, I was leaning more to three, but I can. I- I'll be. I- yeah, I think two hundred is a good number. Um, yeah, because out of that group. I don't, I don't, you- oh yeah. Okay. No, no, no. What were you about to say? I think I was going to answer the question that you're you're getting ready to ask. So go ahead and ask it. Oh, okay. Um, what? Like out of out of this group, who do you think gets most of those minutes? Like, gets the most minutes? Uh, so it's not Eli because I think I think if we're playing him, something's gone terribly wrong. You know, in goal. <laughs> yeah. No, no offense to Eli, but uh, you really don't want to be you know, going to your third keeper. You know, unless it is like a late game sub, like Darren did a couple times last year. Just to be able to, just to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like you know uh, Otavio probably has a little bit of a edge just being with the team last year. You know, uh, maybe gives him a, a slight head start over the other two guys. Uh, I mean, with all of our questions around the midfield, maybe it is Gabe because he seems to be the midfielder of the group and. Seems like uh, there are reserve opportunities much more readily available there than anywhere else on the field, like we were talking about five, ten minutes ago. So probably my best guess, Otavio or Gabe, but that's based off of nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I mean, I agree with you. I think he's probably the best bet to get the most amount of minutes. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Gabe gets in there just because of where he plays in that midfield if – he gets a couple of minutes. He's second in, in the team in minutes um, just because, you know, rest and things like that. Um, but one of the surprise signings that we saw this year was this re-signing of EVD. Um, we kind of thought he would be signing back when we thought he would be signing in the middle of the year, not be one of the original uh, signings in the offseason. If, if you don't know, EVD is going to be out to the midseason uh, because he tore his Achilles. Um, they're expecting him back midseason. Do you see any pros or and cons with this re-signing? I mean, I think the pro is that, you know, it's locked in, you know, it's going to happen, right? It's not any, uh, you know, kind of question about, oh, well, might it happen? Might it not happen? You know, you eliminate any of that nonsense right up front. You, you know, you can have it with the team, you know, uh, officially training, officially, you know, getting, uh, you know, rehab done. Uh, and then you know, hopefully you'll be able to integrate him in a little bit you know, quicker because he'll have been officially around the team a lot more. Uh, so I think that's you know, the pro of it, you know, the con of it. You know, it's a little extra salary cost, you know, as opposed to if you waited a few more months to do it. But it's probably the you know the right thing to do you know, by him uh, if you know you're going to bring him back, just get him on payroll early on and you know, get it taken care of. Yeah, I mean. I don't really see a con to it. Um, I think it helps out in the middle of the season when days get a little bit longer and it gets a little bit hard out there. You know, squad depth is definitely a thing. And, I mean, this is someone that came in and had an immediate impact uh, with the team already. Um, and it kind of gives you a different change of pace option. I don't – I mean, when he comes back to the team, Matt, correct me wrong, do you think he has any possibility of being a starter? Or do you think he'll be like kind of like a super sub, like coming on 65th, 70th minute to impact games? I mean, if we're going to work off the assumption that he you know, comes back, you know, at the level he was before, because I think that's the big question is, you know, is he going to, you know, lose a step? Because he, he was deceptively quick. Like he's a, you know, you know bigger dude. He's not uh, a lanky guy like a lot of the guys on the team are. Like, you know, he's yeah. uh, got a little muscle on him, uh, but he can move, you know, too. So yeah. is he going to, you know, still have that, you know, extra step or two? But, if he does, if he's back at you know 2022 you know levels, 
yeah, I think he can get right back in there as a rotation starter, potentially. And again, a lot of it's going to depend on how our other guys are doing and performing. Like if they're, you know, playing lights out, no, he's probably not going to be a starter. <laughs> yeah, because why would you change that up? But uh, realistically, we know Darren likes to be able to rotate around his wingers you know, quite a bit. So I think there's going to be ample opportunity for him to uh, see some game time. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, so the question comes from Ted, and this is a perfect leading question from this. Uh, so Ted, who, by the way, has a DC United podcast, uh, <laughs> uh, he said it seems like the lineup is mostly set. Where would you rate us compared to last season, better, worse, or about the same? So in fairness, have not been able to actually you know, see them yet because, you know, been been away for the last last month or so when preseason has been gone. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, they haven't taken a slight step back just because when you're losing, you know, uh, MVP finalists and uh, Bolaños, you know, Defender of the Year finalist and, you know, Chrysler, you're losing, you know, basically two starting outside backs, you're losing Young Player of the Year in the field. If those are losses, do I think that those to overcome them? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but maybe – it might not be as crisp right away. Uh, but also saying all that, it sounds like we lost a lot, but you could roll a lineup out there pretty easily of guys who were all here last year and who actually contributed last year. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I'm kind of on the same lines as you. I agree that it is yeah. it is kind of difficult to replace all that is lost, uh, even when new sign is coming in. Um it's gonna be a, it's gonna be some new learning, but I think we're a little bit worse. But that doesn't mean we're not a good team still. You know, I still think we're one of the topper, top tier teams in USL League One. Um, but you know, losing like you said, the two outside backs, losing a key player in the midfield, and then losing a key attacker does hurt you a little bit. There's no way that that doesn't hurt you unless you're like Real Madrid, and we're not. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, I think maybe the bigger thing is, you know, there's a little bit more question of, you know, how is the depth going to play in? Because, you know, the team had some good depth last year. I think they will this year, but it's not as proven as it was by the end of last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is even is a better the Yeah. Well, I mean, this is even a better question. Like, what is the ceiling slash floor for this team like? What's the potential of this team? I, mean, I think the ceiling, the ceiling is you know back at the top again. Yeah, like yeah, you know, lost some pieces, but again, Akira there. You have you know a defensive pairing that has played together in the past, and you played together pretty well in the past. You have uh, you guys like Simon. You have guys like Cole who are proven players in this league, you know, they can you know, fill in uh, different portions in defense. You got, you know, Zaka, who you, know, you talked about, is probably a very uh, underappreciated player in this league. You know, Vignoles, who uh, maybe maybe one of us should have actually said him for the breakout player uh, this year, because I think there is that you know, potential there. I mean, you got Emmy up top, you know, that's kind of a you know, safety valve. Uh, you know, card right there because you know he's going to give you at least 15. You know, yeah. you know, and that's probably a low in projection. Uh, then you, know, you got the 8,000 wingers that we have. Uh, <laughs> at least a couple will be hot at any given moment. Yeah, there's a lot of reason to feel good on the team. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this, the, the ceiling for this team or the higher expectation for this team is like you said, like kind of complete the story of last year, go out, win the regular season title again. The team definitely had the potential of doing that. I think the next step for this team is to get over the hurdle in the playoffs, like us winning a playoff game and getting to the final and, and completing the story. Uh, it kind of feels, I don't know, man, let me ask you this. Like this, do you feel kind of incomplete from last year? I mean, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, because okay. I don't, it doesn't feel like it was just in like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It kind of it kind of has like that taste of it. Like when I go back and think of all the good moments we had, it's kind of like it feels incomplete. Like it doesn't feel like the story was done. Um, and I, I mean, that might be the mantra of what Darren is saying. Like, yo, complete the story. Like, complete the journey. Um, I think the floor for this team, and I, I talked about it on Walking 90, is barely missing out on the playoffs. But I think that's more so just because of how smaller this squad is compared to squad sizes in the past. And if you lose a key player, the drop-off, what that can do, it will part of the season, like what that can do to the team and um, kind of hinder things. With that. So that's more so injury base. If, if injuries happen, how much of that can derail the team? But that's it. Well, yeah, if everybody gets hurt, it's not going to go well. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then, look, I'm hoping and praying that no one gets injured uh, significantly at all. <laughs> um, But, I mean, for you, like, what makes for a successful season in your mind? You know, only one team can win the title, uh, but what makes for yeah. success for you? I, certainly back again with the home playoff game is probably the minimum you have marker for success this year. And I'm not, not even sure if, like, a Hosting a four v five game quite gets there. Yeah, it probably technically does. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I'll say, you know, minimum expectation is another home playoff game. Uh, for me, I would say minimum expectation is being a top four seed. I mean, home playoff game again, but yeah, uh, yeah, top four seed. I would say that's a minimal expectation for me. Because that, what was it last All right, year? So we're pretty yeah. much on the same page there. Yeah, I think last year, I think last year was being top two, was it? I, think I don't know if anybody out. had the guts to go that far. Yeah, but I mean, I think being top four is the minimum expectation for me. I think. If you want to be crazy and be like Shanair, I think he would have probably said like top two, but yeah, I think top four is fine. You know, I would love to have it wrapped up early as possible if that's a thing, <laughs> but no enrichment yeah. is probably not. <laughs> um, the other thing is we'd love to get another shot at an MLS team in the Open Cup again. You know what? That's that's another thing. We we can talk about it as well. U.S. Open Cup expectations. Like how far do you think this team progresses? Like let's let's just say, is there a reality where this team gets in the playoffs? They're six, but we get to the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup and knock out an MLS team. Like does that suffice? Does that make you feel happy? It'll make the first part of the year feel good. Uh, that's when a lot of Open Cup stuff will happen. Yeah. Hard to. It's hard to that feeling will carry through. You're basically asking it. You're basically asking this last year's Omaha a successful yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. I say no. I, I think league outweighs cup. Okay. Like cup is okay. fun, but I'd rather be consistently strong over the course of 32 regular season games. Yeah. Because. We're gonna be talking about all of those, you know. You know full well talking about things not going well, not as fun as talking about winning. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I think it would be cool for the short term to go on that cup run, but the impact it can have you, like we saw with Union Omaha down the stretch of the year, can, can be detrimental as well. Um, so I mean, yeah. I will uh, for me the, personally. The answer would also be different. I yeah, think my answer might I be different if um, playoffs had gone better last year. True. Yeah. True. I think. I think. Yeah. I think it just goes back to that. Like, it just feels like it's incomplete. Like, it just feels like something's not there that it should be there. And it's kind of like I hate. I mean, it's kind of like we're the forgotten champion. Like, you know, won the regular season title, but all the talk has been about Tormenta and them putting a star on their jersey, which rightfully so they did. They had an amazing end to the season, won the uh, USL playoffs and everything, but it's kind of like we're just like, 
hey guys, we we run the regular season, you know. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. And, you, and look, if there's anyone that can carry a grudge, it's definitely Darren because you know he will carry that grudge into every game. Yeah, um, love a petty king. Oh God. Darren, look, a good Darren is a petty Darren, and I think that's that's the best thing about it. Um, talking about Darren, um, talk, talk, let's talk about his coaches have a little bit. Um, Connor Capaletti, I believe that's his last name, um, comes over from Lane United. Once again, that pipeline from the Pacific Northwest is strong and well, uh, strong and well. Um, he comes in to be an assistant coach for this team. Um, Micah, Mika, my fault, um, who originally thought was supposed to be leaving, uh, is coming back to uh, Richmond in uh, a little bit of a surprise move. Um, he's going to be partnering with Richmond United. I believe he's the head coach for developmental training, uh, everything over there. Um, I mean, th- I think these are two great moves for the kickers. One On one front, you develop more of that developmental piece of what Darren's talking about, how we bring in young guys and we develop them up and then we sell them off for bigger fees. But then also, like, you get a different coach and with a different set of eyes that can see things differently. Yeah, and I think it's just even having an extra body as well. Like, you go mm-hmm. from two two coaches. I mean, yeah, I'm not counting Akira off with the goalkeepers. That That's not real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Three guys, you know, it could give Darren, you know, maybe a chance to, you know, kind of see more of what's going on. Maybe have you know, Mika work with one unit, Connor with another unit, and Darren's able to rove around a little bit more uh, and yeah. be able to, you know, be kind of a little bit more of CEO style. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I mean, obviously, with that, um, you could obviously see how. I mean, yeah, there's nothing more for me to add to that. I was trying to add something, but it's nothing more to add. <laughs> it's good. I think the more coaches yeah, I, have no, that, I have no idea if you guys think he's a coach or not. I assume he is. I yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt, but I couldn't tell you the first damn thing about him. <laughs> no, nah, I couldn't either. But, I mean, hey, I mean, I trust Darren at this point. Um, I trust him. Yeah, he's earned it. I mean, yeah, he's earned it. Um, <clears throat> last thing, let's get into this slight preview of Charlotte Independence. Um, so, like you said, we opened up the season against Charlotte. It's kind of like a repeat of our first year at USL League One. Uh, we play Lansing back-to-back. Um, not back-to-back, but, like, in a short stretch in the beginning of the year. Uh, we opened up against Charlotte then, and then our home opener is against Charlotte on April 1st. Sandwich between is Greenville. So, with Charlotte, <clears throat> uh, they bring back uh, Gabriel Obiton, uh, Miguel Abara. Uh, Trevor and Buyu, uh, Duty, Sess. Um, and they also brought in Dane Kelly, uh, who spent four games here at Richmond. Um, they bring him back, who is kind of like a Charlotte Independence legend. Um, I believe when he was there, he set the USL championship record for goals scored. Um, Hector Acosta, uh, I believe he will be suspended for the first game uh, as he got a red card in the USL League One playoffs. Uh, that crazy matchup against Tormenta. Um, the team usually plays a 3-5-2. Uh, they can score a lot of goals, but as we seen when they came into Richmond, uh, they can also concede, and they give up a lot of space. Um, so, Matt, how do you think Darren approaches this matchup, and what do you think this projected starting 11 will be with Darren? I mean, I'm going to assume Darren's going to do the classic Darren approach. We're going to see the 4-3-3. We're going to yeah see the usual until proven otherwise right yeah uh, pretty much yeah i mean i feel like charlotte's almost like a four-man version of what darren likes to do because yeah they've got a lot of you know, attacking wingers that might draw your attention not much else like sis is decent uh but like i have questions about you know their defense i've questions about how you know their goaltending will go because they don't have Zendejas you know this year to be able to you know, bail him out and you know save them constantly and when he wasn't there last year is when they really had you know, that month when their uh wheels fell off 
So I, I don't think it'll ever be that bad you know, for them this yeah. year. Uh, but I'm not necessarily convinced by what they do have in defense. So it looks like they might be trying to play some uh, shootout style ball. Yeah, it definitely does have that vibe to it of shootout style soccer. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think the whole state of Carolina outside of Charlotte FC is kind of going with the same thing because NCFC has kind of got this whole, uh, we'll put seven wingers on the field and see how it goes without any kind of midfield. Um, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I think the games against Charlotte, if you take away the 4-0 that was here, I think that those games were kind of close. Um, Richmond kind of got the prevailing upper hand in those and kind of was the more dominant team over the 90 minutes in each game. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, how Darren attacks their more veteran but older midfield. I'm actually going to be watching that. So I think that's another good question. I think that's something we, we might want to do a little bit more for the previews, but what's the one thing you're going to be looking for within this game? I think it's how do the new guys uh, you know, kind of supplement and complement the returners? Yeah, I think start of the year, that's kind of got to be it. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'm going to be looking more so to see how those center back and fullback partnerships are. Um, that's something that's going to catch my attention and see how that formulates and goes and whatnot. But this probably will be our longest podcast of the year <laughs> for now. Yeah, that's um, a lie. You would know that. Um, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to. That's why, you know, I'm trying to get better at doing these uh, uh, Google Docs so that way we can not be over an hour 20 each Sunday night. <laughs> I'm trying. That's the key. Um, Matt, any other concerns or, you know, things of praise that you might have for this team or season going forward? Uh, not really. I mean, the only other topic we haven't covered yet that I say my piece on is uh, white shirts are boring. I don't understand why everybody's <laughs> so hyped about this thing. It's a white shirt with gray letters and numbers that I don't know if you're going to be able to see well on the field and certainly not on the you know crappy USL cameras that they have. So it's like, Cool, plain white, fun. I mean, look, I, I think streetwise, because a couple of my friends who are just now getting into the Richmond Kickers are, uh, I was like, yo, I can wear this jersey with my Jays and whatnot and stuff like that. So I think they're liking it. Um, I do agree with you. I think it's, 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 it's okay. I think they blew most of the budget last year on the jerseys. Um, but from what I heard, I heard this home jersey is exceptional. So, I can't wait to the 15th for when they drop that. So we'll see. Did you hear uh, from I think the people who thought this great jersey was the greatest thing ever? <laughs> hey, man, look, there's some people out there that love a good white kid. Not me. I need a little color in my life. Um, yeah, I mean, pe- people are allowed to be wrong. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. If you're like Real Madrid and your white's actually like your color, cool, fine, not a problem. That's not the Richmond Kickers. You know, we're a red team. So, you know, like last year, the white with the blue you know, sleeves, cool. I like that. That was fine. It's a little bit different, a little bit, you know, extra taste in there. Yeah. yeah I'm not, you know, not acting for like some kind of, you know, wacky, like highlighter color, you know, <laughs> looks like the 90s threw up on the shirt sort of deal. Just really plain white. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, that budget last year, that jersey budget, they were like, all right, we gotta, we gotta pull this back a little bit. Um, uh, but I will say this though, the goalkeeper jerseys, that red one, that that looks. Well, nice. that should be her jersey. <laughs> it could be. If they sell that goalkeeper red jersey, I, I might decide to get that because that looks nice. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, like the blue one looks nice too. Like, huh? So the blue one looks nice too, and and even last yeah. year, like the green one went over well. It was simple; it was just a green shirt, but simplicity worked. Yeah, so it's just a matter of I don't like because it's a simple white shirt. It's because it's a white shirt. Yeah, I, I was I was telling a couple of people it kind of reminded me of when um, MLS 
fans were so heated and devastated when uh, every team at MLS had their white T-shirt designed two years ago. And then now they're like, all right, we got to yeah. actually do good with these jerseys. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But once again, the season starts up March 18th. Game is at 5 p.m. in Charlotte. So any fans that are going down, man, let us know. Um, we'd love to hear how your how your experience went, how fun it was. Um, I won't make it because I'll be at a birthday party. So I'll be ducked off in the corner watching the game. Uh, while kids are in the ball pit having fun. Uh, Matt, anything else from you, my good man, before we end the show? It's time. Let's go. Yeah, it's time. It's about that time. Can't wait for it, man. Um, so, yeah, listeners, as always, uh, we just want to say thank you for taking the time of your day for listening to our show. Once again, make sure to head on over to rivercity93.com. Um, where you can check out our articles, stay up to date with the podcast, and get all your latest team news. Um, you can also donate to the podcast for as low as a dollar a day. So with that being said, for Matt, for myself, we will holler at you guys next week. Be safe and be easy. Be easy.